Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 188, which we are recording on Friday, March 8th, 2019. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And we had one little fun announcement. We were in a knitting magazine. Oh, that's right. I totally <laughs> forgot about forgotten. that. Yes. Instead that was, of a weather report. That was yesterday. <laughs> that was, this is the exciting news of the week. So we forgot to mention that about a month and a half ago, we were on CBS Sunday Morning News. They mentioned knitting podcasts. And they pulled up an iPhone and they did a search for knitting podcasts. And we were the first one that showed up. It was amazing. They didn't click on ours, unfortunately, but a lot of people I know saw it, including my boss, who was very funny. I'd never told her the name of the podcast, but we were talking one day about how to stay current in marketing. And so you're supposed to know all the current things. And she said, you should watch CBS Sunday Morning News. They had a thing about podcasts. And I was looking through email trying to find the name of yours. I knew it was a name of a wordplay, but I couldn't find it. And I said, oh my gosh, that was our podcast. You saw it on TV. So that was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. And we were in The Knitter magazine, which may or may not be the same one that I spoke about in a recent episode. I think it might be. I think it's the same one. So I think it's a UK or European publication. Yeah. The spelling of favorite was uh, a tip British. off. Yes. Yeah. So apparently they said... Gail and Charlene from the Yarniacs talk about their favorites of 2018, including Hoki Locatelli as their favorite designer. So that was pretty cool. So that's our exciting news since the last podcast episode. (laughs) So what are you wearing? I am wearing my Weekender pullover sweater designed by Andrea Mowry. I knit mine back in October of last year. So it's about almost six months old. How can October already be six I know. Away? Oh <laughs> I know. Gosh. And I knit mine in a yarn from Blue Sky Fibers called Woolstock Worsted, which I liked the moment that I saw it. And it has held up pretty well. Although, like I often say when I look at my sweaters, it looks like it could use a little depilling under the arms. High friction area. High friction area. Yeah, I was going to say high traffic area, but that's not right. (laughs) (laughs) High traffic, high friction. High friction, yes. So, of course, any yarn is going to pill a little bit. So, I've got my gleaner ready to go at some, some point, and I'll take care of those pills. It's a really warm sweater, and we had a much colder February than we often do, and... It's March, and I'm still wearing it, which is very rare. So I'm taking the opportunity Heck yeah. to wear a sweater oh, yeah. in March because you know that once the clocks change, temperatures will shoot back up, and it'll we won't be able to wear our worsted weight sweaters anymore. <laughs> so that is Weekender Pullover by Andrew Mowry. You're also wearing a beautiful shawl with it. I am. It is a Klein. Yeah, it's one of my Klein shawls, which I did not look up, so I don't remember who wrote it, but I'll put it in the show notes. It's a very cute ensemble, though. (laughs) Weekender is a darker gray, and the Klein is a lighter gray with the contrast of a really happy, speckly gray that has pinks and turquoise and all the colors that just make me smile. So it's a very cute outfit. 
So how about you, Gail? What are you wearing? I'm wearing a new finished object. I'm wearing my Papa sweater by Yunko Okamoto, and I'll talk more about it in What Have I Finished? But Charlene liked it when I walked in, and I was wearing it last night at home, and Max said, oh my gosh, you knit that sweater so fast. You were just showing me that pattern the other day, (laughs) which made me laugh. And then he said, and it turned out pretty cool. Yeah, that's a keeper. So got Max's approval too. So I'll talk more about that in What Have I Finished? Excellent. So what are you stocking? I have been stocking a couple of things. The first one is kind of a fun one. It is called The Honey Hat, and it is by Kelly McClure. That's cute. Who designed the very, very popular Sockhead Slouch Hat. And the Honey Hat uses the stitch pattern that is used in the Honey Cowl, and it is knit in DK weight yarn. And I happen to have a couple of single skeins in my stash that I could use to make this hat. And the nice thing about it is that, well, number one, it's a free pattern on Ravelry, which is quite nice. And then the nice thing about it is there is no decreasing, apparently, to make the hat shaping at the top. You knit, presumably, like you're making a honey cow. You just knit in the round until you have the right length. And then according to the pattern page, I have not looked at the pattern yet, but according to the pattern page, the crown is joined across with a three needle bind off. And then there's a secret finishing trick (laughs) that forms the unique shape at the top. And somehow it forms little hollows on the sides, but it looks really cute and it looks really fun and easy to knit. It looks like another one of those patterns that because it is a two row repeat, Um, you could probably use this as a carry along or a travel project, especially since there's no decreasing. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I like that. So I'm hopefully going to try this one soon. That's again, the honey hat by Kelly McClure. And then I've also somewhat been stocking skirts. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Charlene started this at Stitches. We've always admired certain skirts, and now I'm stocking them too. So go ahead. We'll see if we stock the same one. I'm kind of rolling my eyes about this because Gail and I have gone back and forth Mm -hmm. about skirts over the years. We look at skirt patterns and say, oh, that's cute, but... The reality of it is we don't wear them. I've knit three skirts You've, and given them all away. And given them all away. Yeah. And I have knit one and I still have it in my possession, but I think I have only worn it once. Mm. And granted, there might be a reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously there's well, a reason. Not not the expected reason, not the saggy butt reason. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which we will explain. <laughs> yes. But... Yeah, the skirt, it's made out of a a yarn that I believe is good for skirts. It's made out of a hemp yarn, but I have just never found a good lining for it. Mm. I either need to make a lining for it, or my original thought was that I would just buy one of those very inexpensive black tube skirts that you can find at 
those teen stores. Yeah, exactly. And wear that somewhat as a slip mm-hmm. underneath. That would work. It probably would work. But my thought lately on skirts, and the reason that this has come to the forefront is because of Stitches West. And I feel every year at Stitches West, I end up seeing cute knit skirts mm-hmm. that seem to work well on people. And as in they don't have a big saggy They butt. don't have saggy butts. <laughs> so and explain the saggy yes. butts. Well, you know how sometimes on the elbow of a, a pullover or any sweater, sometimes if the sleeve is tight and you bent your elbow as you do, <laughs> sometimes that elbow, when you straighten out the sweater, kind of sags a little bit. And has bit. a little it like has, pucker. And it has a little dent. Point. Yes. yes. That a little out. outward dent. Yeah. Yes. In the shape of your elbow. And though it will eventually get back to its normal shape for that little while while you're wearing that sweater the rest of the day it still has the elbow dent saggy elbow saggy butt yes so, sit down in your skirt stand up and so while saggy i butt. don't give it a second thought on my elbow on my bottom i kind of do give it a second thought <laughs> <laughs> so The skirt thing has just never quite worked. But this year, I felt that all the skirts that I admired were shaped in such a way that they either flared out or they were A-line or even more flared than an A-line. Almost, not roughly, but... Pleated or... Pleated or, yeah, and not even formal pleats, just lots of fabric going around there. And those skirts seem to be more successful. So the one skirt that I did look at on Ravelry is called Jaunty, and it's by Ririco. And the pattern page says it is knit from the waist down to the hem, allowing the knitter to control the flare, the length, your color changes, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You can pretty much try it on as you go to make sure that it's got enough flair. Jaunty is what it's called? It's called Jaunty. I'm looking it up right now. So, skirts, yeah. That's the one I'm thinking of. Or that's the one I've looked at. I'm curious to know, what are you stocking and which skirt are you looking at? Well, the one that I'm looking at is Compliments of Hot Right Now. And it's called a little flare skirt. And oh. the designer is Violet LeBeau. It's a free pattern. Oh. It is also A-line. And this one that I found, oh, that's really cute. So I just found Jaunty by Ririko. That's really, really cute. So the one I'm stocking is similar, but it's fingering weight, top down, A-line, and it's kind of meant to use scraps. So you can do stripes because I like stripes so much. And one of the sweaters, sorry, one of the skirts that has inspired our several year-long stocking of skirts <laughs> at Stitches was worn by the dyer of Canon Hand Eyes. Oh, that's right. She was wearing yes. an A-line skirt one year in a feather and fan type of lace or something similar to that yeah. pattern in so many different colors. And it was fabulous. It was that's so right. beautiful on her. 
And I've dreamed of having one similar yes, to that ever since. But I have too. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm coming from is yeah. I want one kind of like, I think it's Amy of Canon Hand Eyes. Yes, I think that is. I think that's her name. And, and I don't even think she used a pattern. I think she just made it up as she went along. Which I thought maybe I could do, but if it has lace, then it has increased rows that are going to mess me up. So I don't know. I was thinking about it. What I'm going to do is look at the pattern for a little flare skirt and see if maybe feather and fan could be... You can merge the two. Exactly. Yes. So my increase I rows understand. could be straight up stockinette. Yeah. And then feather and fan. Mm -hmm. So you're seeing where I'm going with that. I am. Yeah. Because I want to make one too. Yeah. So we're going to end up with <laughs> twin skirts in your colors and my colors. So I'm super excited about it though, because I have so many beautiful speckled skeins that would make a really pretty skirt, like yeah. with gray in the middle of I them agree. or something. I mean, I the possibilities are endless and mm -hmm. yeah, it would be a lot of knitting, but it would be so cute. And but I that's wear what yarn is for. all the time. Yeah. I wear, I literally, I wear skirts all the time. Yeah. So for me, it would be a huge plus to my wardrobe. Absolutely. Gosh, I can see it now. If it really worked, I could have all sorts of different skirts and different colors. <laughs> that, I have that fantasy too. I totally have that fantasy. So, okay, um, we, we have to work on this. Okay, so you can hear, you hear that this is going to be something that we do eventually. Yes. Just stalking right now, but eventually it will, it will become something that we're wearing. In addition to the skirt, I do have a couple other things on my stocking list. There's one called the party top by Abby Knits, but it's spelled A-B-B-Y-E Knits. And this I fully blame on Diane of the Suburban Knitter podcast because she had just recently finished one. It's a DK weight top-down cropped sweater. And she had her picture on Instagram and I saw her on her podcast. It's so adorable. Oh. And she's, she, her, Yarn was her own DK weight that she dyes in a colorway called Happy Accident, which is a gray purple with speckles, which would, would be beautiful on you. But I want it too, because it's so pretty and it has speckles that include a really bright pink and she's wearing it over a really bright pink dress. I think and I it saw so that good on her. Too. Yes. It was one of those, oh, I have it to really have that did. outfit. Mm -hmm. So the party top is the... It's very similar to a sweater I knit called a pullover for winter, I think. I think that was the name of it by Andy Satterland, which I love to wear. But the party top is slightly different because it has an eyelet pattern on the sleeves. And I could even do the pattern I've already knit. The one that I knit before has a little bit of scalloped color work at the collar, the cuffs, and the bottom. So it would kind of be pretty to have a speckled body with the solid accents like that. Mm -hmm. So I could do the, a different pattern, but the whole look itself was really fantastic. So that's in my future too. And then one other thing I forgot to mention when we were talking about our stitches stocking, there is a pattern by Rosemary Hill, Romy Hill, that I've been in love with for years called the Fallen Leaf Tunic. And she is at Stitches every year. She shares a booth with Verb for Keeping Warm. And she always has her beautiful, she's most well known for her lacework shawls. And she always has these amazing lacework shawls hung up around the booth. And I'm sure this rack of clothes has been there for years and I just hadn't noticed it before. It's all the samples from her book called New Lace Knitting. 
And I've owned that book for many years. And all of the samples were right there. And one of the patterns is called the fallen leaf shell, which is the same as the fallen leaf tunic, only it's kind of like a tank top. It is a bottom up, all over lace, knit in light fingering, or I'm going to knit mine in lace weight yarn, Mm -hmm. with a funnel neck, no sleeves, it's just a shell. But the tunic version, you knit the front and the back separately, you join them together to the knit in the round, and it's like the slit goes all the way up to your waist almost. So it's really cute. And once I saw that on her sample rack, I thought, oh my gosh, that's been in the book I own this whole time. Which is really ridiculous because I've been waiting for her to release that pattern for years. Well, I already have the pattern. I just have to adapt it into a tunic. So that is the Fallen Leaf Shell slash Tunic by Rosemary Hill from her new lace knitting book. And there are also other patterns in that book that I wanted to knit, like the Manzanita Tee which I stocked oh, yeah. a long time ago, which is really, that really one cute. Is cute. So, I remember that one too. Yeah, that'll be in my future too. So stocking gone wild. Today. <laughs> <laughs> so our stocking has gone wild. What about your knitting? What are you knitting? Well, I still have my O'Keefe on the needles, but I'm kind of stalled out on that. I really like the design, but I'm not loving knitting with that yarn. So I keep putting it off, putting it off. It's not bad. I'm just, it's, it's just not exciting yarn because it's flat one color. It's not like a tonal yarn where you have a little bit of change in the yarn or it's not multicolor. I don't know. No, I get it. It's me. It's just. No, I get it. Kind of gray <laughs> and it's not happy yarn like the cormo yeah that makes your yes. hands happy yeah i get it I get exactly it. so i'll get back to it because i really like the design of the garment and i do want that top so I'll, I'll get there and then the second thing that i am knitting i finally cast on a zvig which is a pattern Yay! by caitlin hunter I am late to the party on this one because the pattern was originally released back in October of 2017. So Ooh, it's that been, long ago? yeah, wow. so it's been out a year and a half. And I have to admit, this was one of those sweaters that didn't grow on me until I started seeing them in person. <laughs> <laughs> sweaters growing. <laughs> yeah, that would not be a good thing, right? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it didn't it didn't impress me in a positive way it's until I saw it in person. <laughs> until I saw it in person. Somewhat like you with the Romy Hill mm-hmm. tunic yep. top. Sometimes you just have to see things in person to appreciate them. And of course Gail made one and I tried it on and I really liked it. I really liked Gail's on me. And then on Ravelry, there are so many projects. It's really fun to look through a pattern that has so many projects that are so unique and so creative because people have done some really creative interpretations of that pattern in terms of color work, using light, dark, speckled, changing the color work up there are a couple of monotone versions which are 
equally gorgeous, and I was actually attracted to those at first. And ultimately, I am using two colors. I'm using a, a dark gray, another gray, but this gray is, is so wonderful to knit. It has silk in it. It's called Aspen Silk, and the colorway is just District 12, and it's dyed by Western Sky Knits. And the contrast color is some leftover neighborhood fiber company in a dark gray to black tonal that I originally used for my boxy. And I have enough left over to do the contrast color work on this sweater. So it's going to be a very low contrast version, a little dark, but both yarns are a little tonal as well, so it's not going to be solid, solid. There's a little variation in each yarn. And as I was showing Gail, even in the darker color, the Upton from Neighborhood Fiber Company, it in places it almost goes to a light gray that matches the, the darkest tone of the lighter shade that I'm using. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting. The colors kind of flow into each other. But they look so pretty together. I'm too. really excited. It's a very me combo. Mm -hmm. And I'm probably not going to do the color work exactly the same as the pattern. We'll see. <laughs> I've got some ideas. Are you going to do the textured stitch in the body? Or are you going to keep it sucking up? I haven't decided about that. My original plan was just to do stockinette. So unless I get to it and change my mind, it's probably just going to be stockinette because it's a dark color anyway. It would probably show up because it's a nice little texture, but we'll see. We'll see. But I've worked through the short eight round color work section that's at the top of the sweater and I'm about to start the lace section. So I think I do the lace section, and then after the lace section is probably where you separate for the sleeves. First, you have the second set of color work, the like oh, okay. corrugated, stripey okay. look. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that is Zvig by Caitlin Hunter. How about you, Gail? What are you knitting? I'm kind of... My knitting has gone kind of wild lately, too. In my hands, I have my Sockhead slouch hat, which you just mentioned, Kelly McClure's oh, yeah. pattern, That's which right. I'm knitting for a friend. And I was kind of stalled out on it because, as I mentioned in the last episode, I was knitting it on a US-1 8-inch circular, <laughs> trying to do ribbing, 2x2 two two ribbing in a really dark color. And that was not Ouch. making me happy. Yeah. So I pulled up Handsome Fibers online, and I ordered a brand new 16-inch circular, and it's U.S. size one from Likey, or is it Like or Likey, L-Y-K-K-E? Likey, maybe? I'm not sure how it's pronounced. Yeah. All I know is that they are fantastic needles. They, they are. are. I love them. Such a soft, I don't want to say soft, such a delightfully tactile wood, and the cables are nice and flexible, and they just make me happy. So I just, mm -hmm. as we were starting the podcast, moved on to my new needle off of my old tiny needle. Mm -hmm. So I'll be able to finish this hat. And I got a new US size 2 16-inch circ also because of the one I lost at Stitches. So oh, yeah. now I can progress with the hat. 
and it's just a super simple knit. So now that it's on a nice bigger needle, I can progress. And the other things I'm knitting, I'm finishing off my bits and bobs number two, the bigger version that I'm knitting for my daughter and her husband and Olivia. And I finished the body and I'm working on the I-cord bind off, which goes all the way around the edge of the blanket. And the I-cord bind off is really hurting my hands to knit. Mm. So for me, I think I squeeze the needles really tightly and I pull the yarn really tightly to get that nice crisp I-cord look on the edge, which all that gripping really hurts my hands. Yeah. So my style of finishing is usually when I get close to the end, I just bonsai and I want to finish the project <laughs> and I'm focused and I'm not knitting anything else. I'm very, very carefully only knitting about 45 minutes of this a day. Yeah, this you have to take time. Yeah. You don't want damage. To hurt myself, exactly. Yeah. So that is slowly progressing and it looks beautiful. The end result is just so pretty. And Alex has been sending me daily pictures of Olivia and some videos. She's now two months old already. And Alex did a little interview with her, which was super cute. (laughs) She was recording and saying, how does it feel to be two months old? And Olivia was very accommodating. It was making really adorable little chortling noises. And in the edge of the video, there's the blanket that I knit, the first bits and bobs that I said, oh my gosh, I love seeing the blanket. And Alex said, that's the blanket that lives on our bed. So every night Olivia uses that blanket because it's the perfect weight and size. So heart explodes with happy. They've been using my blanket every night. That's awesome. Very cute. Yes. I was very happy about that. So that's the status on bits and bobs too. I have also started back to work on Viajant, which has been a very long-term project. I'm happy to say that I'm at the mesh. So with Viajant, it's a top-down, ever-growing in circumference poncho slash cowl slash garment. Yes. (laughs) But it's very, very large, a lot of knitting. And I'm knitting this one shorter than the first one I knit Mm -hmm. so that my tail doesn't drag on the ground. Right. (laughs) So I stopped about four inches less knitting of the stockinette than my previous one. So I just started the mesh yesterday. So I don't have that much left to go, but the rounds are long. They are because it gets exponentially wider around exactly. as you go down. You increase every other row. So it gets much bigger. I, there are probably 600 stitches on the yeah. needle right now or something. I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> it's knit in lace weight yarn, so it's not heavy or anything, but there are a lot of stitches it per round. It just takes time to yeah. get around. So I say I'm somewhat close to the end, but that's all relative. So we'll see how much longer that takes. But the exciting new knitting that has me so, so happy is I cast on Ranunculus, which is a pattern by Midori Hiroshi. And I'm using Stitches yarn, so brand new sparkly yarn from my stash. I'm using yarn from two of my favorite dyers. So I'm holding Neighborhood Fiber Company's Masonette Lace Weight, doubled with Western Sky Knit's Silk Mohair Lace. And, oh, the combination makes my heart so happy. The Neighborhood Fiber Company, I just forgot the name and I didn't write it down. It's a very, very light pink with speckles of darker pink. 
it's fantastic. <laughs> and then the mohair silk from Kim at Western Sky Knits is a solid light pink called Petal. And held together, they produce the most amazing, <laughs> soft, beautiful, fluffy fabric ever. It's just amazing. I've been loving every single stitch. It's a top-down yoke construction that isn't color work. There, It's a lace pattern in the yoke. You could do it in a different color if you wanted, but I'm doing all one color. Mm-hmm. And I'm just past the lace part where you put in markers to do raglan increases. So it's like oh, a combination okay. yoke raglan. And I'm almost to the part where I separate for my sleeves and then it's just straight up stockinette for the sleeves and the body. No shaping at all for the body. And oh my gosh, it just makes me so happy. (laughs) The yarn is so pretty. And Mike was watching me knit the other night and he said, what are you knitting? And I said, a sweater. Isn't it great? And he said, that's going to be really, really fluffy. (laughs) I said, I know. Isn't it great? (laughs) So now I just want to get all the mohair silk. And it's funny because... I knit the hat, Sparkling Cider, back in December, I think, with or January, with silk, kid yeah. hill, Kids Silk Haze from Rowan held doubled mm-hmm. with a fingering. And although it was soft, it's nothing like the soft of oh, Kim's really? face. Oh, my gosh. Interesting. It's so soft. I'm, I'm having trouble articulating how soft it is because typically mohair irritates me. Typically, I get right. fibers in my eyes. It isn't prickly so much as just irritating to my skin. This is nothing like that. I don't think I've had a single fiber issue. And there are little bits floating all around because it's so fluffy. But nothing that has irritated my eyes. It's so soft. I mean, I could just sit there and rub it against my face as I'm knitting at night. So look out, Kim. I'm coming after you for more colors. I wonder if the silk content maybe higher or it's just a different mill yeah different producer i don't know what it is but it's truly a phenomenal combination so i'm hoping that ranunculus will actually be done quickly because it's knit i got gauge on a u.s size nine so it's a very open fabric and it's a one size fits all sweater she does have different versions of the pattern for larger sizes if you wanted a larger size but The style of the sweater is meant to be very oversized, but not like Papa. It's very different. So super excited about finishing that. And that is Ranunculus by Midori Hiroshi. We'd like to say thank you to Fix-A-Stitch for sponsoring us this episode. Ever face the tedious task of having to drop down and correct a mistake in your knitting? The Fix-A-Stitch is here to help. It's a double-ended tool that uses a patented method to change stitches from knit to purl or purl to knit quick and easy. Check our website for great tutorials and other ways to use it. The tool comes in a package of three for light, medium, or bulky weight yarns. A lace weight tool is sold separately. Fix-A-Stitch is available at local yarn shops around the country, more information is available at www.fixastitch.com. And there'll be links for that on our website as well. And if you can't picture what that looks like, go take a look at their website because they do have some nifty how-to videos that show exactly how the tool is used. When I use mine, I'm never quite as fluid 
I always feel a little clumsy trying to do it, but it's useful. Yes, very useful. <laughs> thank you, Fix-A-Stitch. Yes, thank you. So what have you finished since the last episode? You have I've, a big finish. I've actually finished something. I have a big finish, yes. In my hands right now, I'm weaving in the last ends of my Donner sweater by Elizabeth Doherty. And I knit mine in Sincere Sheep Cormo Fingering. And even though it has been rainy and cold and bad sweater washing weather, I went ahead and washed it because I was so excited to see what this sweater would look like because I have used the Cormo before. And especially in the fingering, I I had previously washed my swatch And I knew that the yarn would grow in length a little bit, but also it somewhat fluffs up and it just feels so light and airy once it's washed. It's amazing. It's a fingering weight yarn, but each skein I think is 500 yards. So there's a lot of yards, a lot of yardage in one regular size skein. So that tells you how light it is Mm -hmm. since there's more yardage per skein. And I knit mine, I can't remember the name, but it's a logwood dyed, so it's a grayish purple. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) Like a gray leaning purple, but it's definitely purple. Yes, yes. And I've knit Donner before. Donner, I've knit it twice, actually, because I really love the way this pullover sweater fit me. And the two that I have knit previously, I've knit in a linen blend. So they're more warm weather sweaters. And this one is not going to be for cold, cold weather because I knit mine to three quarter sleeves, but cooler weather because it is wool. And I've wanted a wool one ever since I finished my first one. And a lot of knitters had knit wool versions of it successfully. So I knew that the pattern would work pretty well if I could find a fairly drapey wool. And that's the thing. This I knew when I knit it that the wool would change a lot because when I finished this sweater, it really didn't have a lot of drape to it. The yarn was very closed up and almost stiff compared to the way it feels after washing. It transformed. It really transformed. Really, really transformed. So I love the way that it came out. I'm weaving in ends, and I hope to wear this one soon. It's really beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. That is Donner by Elizabeth Doherty. And then the second thing that I finished, didn't anticipate finishing it so soon, but I did, is my Cooperish Cowl by Katie Carroll. So I was knitting this one out of a six color gradient set that I purchased at Dragonfly Fibers at Stitches 2018. And my plan was to use all six colors in the cowl. But I got through three of the colors, decided that the cowl was actually tall enough, and decided to stop there and the one cow is going to become two cows now. That's great. 
<laughs> yeah, so I the colorway that I have is called Winter Wood, and there are three brownish-toned grays and three cooler grays. So I'm dividing it up. The grays go one way, the browns go another way, and I'll have two cows at the end of this. I don't know who they're for. I knew I was making a gift, but I... Don't now know. you're making two gifts. Now I'm making two gifts, yes. And I haven't cast the second one on, but I will soon because that has been a really good travel project for me. So that is The Cooperish Cow by Katie Carroll. How about you, Gail? What have you finished? Well, before I start talking about what I finished, I meant to mention when I talked about ordering the Handsome Fibers knitting needles, we've raved about them before and said they had free super fast shipping. Well, they smartly now charge for shipping. It's a very nominal fee. I think it was only $2. It was very nominal, but I think that's smart because they must've been losing money by not charging for shipping. And it comes double wrapped in two bubble wrapped envelopes. So your needles are super, super safe. And it took a little bit longer than it has in the past. So usually I would get needles the second like the day, mm -hmm. two days after ordering them. These did take a little bit longer, oh, but hmm. I think that could have just been mail in Santa Cruz on our end of Santa yeah. Cruz really bad lately. But I just wanted to make sure everybody knew that they don't have free shipping anymore, but still totally worth it. <laughs> so what have I finished? I finished Papa. Like I said in the beginning of the episode, it's a design by Yunko Okamoto, and I really, really like it. It is ginormous, <laughs> something like Nanilchik was, but it's not designed really to be a swancho like Nanilchik is. So it's a top-down colorwork yoke design, and the colorwork is giant, swoopy, childlike, whimsical flowers. So cute. <laughs> and I used a pink from Candy Skein, her yummy worsted, and for the colorwork flowers, I did black Madeline Tosh vintage. So the colorway is onyx, which is black. And it just is adorable. It's really, really cute. And I think I rock it because I like childish, whimsical things and I feel good wearing them. It doesn't make me it feel weird. It looks so cute. The flowers are They're adorable. Like scribbles. <laughs> yeah, like, like a kid doing um, loopy flowers. Doodles. Doodles. That's yeah. what I was... Like if you picked up a piece of paper and just doodled little flowers that's what it reminds me of mm -hmm. and it's so cute and having done it in black i feel kind of looks like a pencil doodle yeah to me. it does so right it's yeah. very cute so super high contrast which i looked at finished projects on ravelry and some of the combinations were so low contrast that it's kind of hard to tell what the color work is and she has a newer release called the bouquet sweater which in my opinion, the color she chose for her pattern page doesn't do the pattern justice. We got to see the bouquet sweater live at Stitches. Verb for keeping warm had kits for both Papa and mm -hmm. the bouquet sweater. And the color contrast in their sample was so much higher contrast that you could really tell what the color work looked like. There were I don't think it's slip stitches necessarily, but it yeah, wasn't regular sure. color work. It was different. It was color work plus other textures. And you really can't see how beautiful that is 
on the pattern page on Ravelry. So I highly recommend you look at some of the other projects that have been completed to get the whole impact of that sweater. But this one, I knew from looking at other finished projects that I wanted really sharp contrast. And I ended up using five skeins of candy skein and a whole skein almost of the Madeline Tosh. So this is a six skein worsted weight sweater and it is a one size fits all. And oh, I didn't it is, yeah. That. The only thing about it I would do differently is I would cast on the collar with far fewer stitches and tighter needles. So she does some interesting things about this designer. First of all, you cast on the collar in one size needle. You go up to a second size and then a third size just on the collar alone, which gives you a very large boat neck. And I don't care for boat neck sweaters mm -hmm. so much because my neck gets cold. And with a giant worsted weight sweater, I don't want to wear a cowl also. So I would change how the collar is done. And she also uses short rows to shape the back of the sweater. So that's a normal thing for the back of the neck because you would like your back, the back of the neck raised up, mm -hmm. which is standard construction for most sweaters. And that's normal. But then she did other short row sections only on the back of the sweater to make the back of the sweater longer than the front, which I've never done that before. Hmm. So normally, uh, normally, I shouldn't say normally, other patterns that I've knit, they have a short row section for the back of the neck, pretty standard. And then some of the others will have a different type of short row, like at the bottom back of the sweater to give it length that way. But this one has, I think three or four, or maybe even more short row sections on the back of the sweater. So it was a different type of knit. The pattern is incredibly well-written. She has almost every single line of the pattern written out specifically for the short row sections. Oh, wow. So if you've never done a short row pattern before, I highly recommend it. That's it's nice really, if you've really never done a follow. short row section yeah. before because you know what you have to do exactly. Exactly, because... And I think she did German short rows. I could be wrong. I always switch short rows to German short rows because that's my preferred way of doing them. But she does tell you, for example, knit three stitches past the marker, do a wrap and turn or do whatever stitch it is for the short row, place a marker, and then turn around, stitch back the other way, do it on the other side, then knit to the marker. Or she tells you pick up the short row stitch, take out the marker, knit three. So it's very easy to see where your short row is because mm -hmm. if you haven't done short rows before, sometimes it's not super intuitive to see where. Sometimes you get lost. Yeah, sometimes little. you get lost. <laughs> so I know now I've knit enough short rows that I see those stitches and I don't need a marker. I didn't use a marker because I know where they are. But her pattern is written so that if you've never done it before, there's nice. nothing left to your experience to save you if there's a mistake. So I really enjoyed that part of her pattern writing and the chart itself was a challenge for me, but once I wrote it out, it was fine. So I highly recommend the pattern. It was a great pattern, my first design from her, and I just really liked it. And I love the finished object. So Papa by Yunko Okamoto. And there's one other thing, I didn't finish it, but I was knitting a cowl called the Clementine Cowl by Kate Barge and Rachel Price. I was knitting this in a gray and the beautiful pink gradient that Charlene spun for me. 
And I was about halfway through it, I think. And our friend Carol had knit one. And she was very unhappy with hers at the end. She said, because of the stitch pattern, the underside of the cowl kept flopping over. So you saw the wrong side of the fabric instead of the right side. Mm. And she was attempting different things to fix that. And she said, you know what? I just can't make it work. And I said, you know what? I'm frogging mine. So (laughs) if you're wondering whatever happened to my Clementine cowl, I ripped that about eek last October or November or something. And I completely forgot to talk about it. So that was a project that didn't get finished, finished, but it's finished. (laughs) You're done with it. I'm done. (laughs) We want to finally do an update on the self-indulgent knit along because I've been kind of checked out of the knit along this time, which is sad. We haven't talked a lot about it on the podcast, but the folks chatting and posting have been very active. Very active. And <laughs> that's what I mean by checked out of this one, because normally I'm a very active participant in the chatting. I am 900 and something posts behind. Oh, wow. 900 and something posts, you guys. So I kind You've of got something to do this bankruptcy. <laughs> <laughs> I, that number keeps growing and it keeps scaring me off of opening the the thread. So I've been looking at the finished objects Mm -hmm. and I have some favorites to talk about, but first a couple prizes to announce. So this one is adorable. Susan, who is Owlcroft Designs on Ravelry, designed a skirt, theme of the episode kind of, called Build Your Own Barnyard Skirt. And she also designed a little jumper, which is going to be in Olivia's future. The cutest thing about this is that it has a colorwork band full of barnyard animals that you can pick and choose from. There are pigs, chickens. I remember looking at that. I really like it. There's an alpaca. There are just all these adorable little barnyard critters and a sheepdog. Oh my gosh. It's the cutest pattern ever. It's the one where you get to pick which animals Mm -hmm. you, yeah. Of course, you can always do that. Yes, so that's build your own barnyard. <laughs> yeah. And it Very is cute, adorable. So she has offered a copy of the skirt as a prize, and I'm going to knit that jumper for Olivia. Maybe it'll be a first birthday present. I don't know. Whatever. I'll figure <laughs> it out. But it is really adorable. You've got to go check it out. The second prize is from Jennifer Lassonde, who is Boston Jen. She has a great podcast. And it's her newest design, which is called Go With The Flow. And it's a beautiful shawl. And the third prize is another shawl from my awesome friend, Jen Sheelan. It is her favorite brew shawl, which is a two-color shawl that I test knit. And she's offering one of those as a prize as well. So we have three pattern prizes so far. And if you have another prize that you wanted to donate, let me know. Because like I said, I haven't been as vigilant on this knit along as I normally am. So... Those are the prizes so far. Super excited about them, obviously, especially Build Your Own Barnyard. <laughs> and then I have a few, more than a few, favorites to talk about from the finished objects thread. Okay. So first, I love Amy, who is Amy of Yokohama. She, two of her knit along projects were actually her first and second spinning projects ever. So she showed her finished skeins, which is so exciting when someone learns a new craft and has beautiful new things to show for it. So I thought that was pretty darn cool. And some of the actual knit projects 
Wool Hobby, who is Linda from the Netherlands, she knit the most beautiful Groot cardigan, which is an Mary Annarella pattern. And I love this cardigan. It's cablelicious. It's really beautiful. And hers is just gorgeous. And she also did some really, really cool hats. And she knit socks in her hand spun yarn, which is super cool. The like, hat that she did with the mini skeins, I thought, came out cool? really cute. It was really cool. Yeah. It was like she had pearl ridges. Is that in between? I think it was pearl ridges in each pearl ridge was a different color. <sighs> it was so of mini cool. skein. I thought it was really cute. It was really pretty. Yeah. And Mandy, she did a cowl for her daughter and her daughter's modeling the cowl. So I thought those were the cutest FO pictures in the whole thread so far. Her daughter looks so happy and the cowl is really adorable. And I'm just taking over here. Did you have some to add? Well, one of the first (laughs) ones that I saw, because I think it might have been the first finished object in the whole thread, was done by Ferret Sue. I noticed that she started the project on the first day of the knit along mm-hmm. and she finished it i think before the end of december so she was really wow, really quick yeah it was a kitty cow with oh. black cats all <laughs> around the cow of course i'm gonna like that no. one <laughs> it was a boo cow yes a boo cow and then another one that i noticed were the dragon scale dice bags which were knit up by danny boop and these bags, they're for gaming dice, but they do have these little little shaped edges that look like dragon scales. I thought it looked like a pineapple. Well, she did have one that was a pineapple. Okay. okay. And one of yeah, one of them she did as a pineapple. So I thought those were very cute too. And she definitely gets the most FO prize because she yes. has done a <laughs> lot of beautiful little dice yes. bags and other little projects that are really colorful and pretty yes and a lot of times i'm looking at sweaters but a lot of the smaller projects are so unique and creative they are and that was kind of i think a podcast fail for us in our review of stitches i listened to barb and tracy's two knit lit chicks stitches review Mm -hmm. and their review was so different than ours because (laughs) they were talking about the shawls and other accessories and we are so sweater focused we're sweater blind yeah we really just we do notice some of the other things but but we're sweater knitters we are totally so that's why it's good for folks to listen to different podcasts and get different points of view Mm -hmm. and you put five knitters out on the show floor and we're <laughs> we all going to see things. different things. Exactly. So that's fun. So other sweaters, speaking of sweaters in our FO thread, of course, Deborah, who is Goldie Girl, her ranunculus is what inspired me to knit my ranunculus. So of course, that's one of my favorites in the whole thread. And I shamelessly copied you, Deborah. So <laughs> I know that won't offend you because you're awesome. And another one of the sweaters that I loved was by... Carrie, who is 406 Fiber Arts on Ravelry, she knit a humulus, which is an Isabel Kramer pullover, but she turned it into a cardigan and it is so beautiful. And she did these fabulous FO pictures. She has it hanging on a bare branched tree with this beautiful snowy background. And I was looking at the sweaters. I'm like, that's such a beautiful, looking at the pictures, thinking that's such a beautiful sweater. And then I was thinking, wait a second. 
are you liking the sweater or are you liking the setting? But I think it's a fabulous <laughs> sweater too. But you know, those like lifestyle pictures that sometimes yes. get you. Yes. And another sweater I really liked, Kylie, who is Thai Mangle, knit a silversmith hoodie, which I've never seen that pattern before. And it's another cableicious cardigan, but it has a hood. So that one was really, really pretty. And then Harvard Monkey, Teresa, she knit a nine skein sweater called, called the Marled Mania Cardigan. Eight skeins were from her stash and she had to buy one skein to finish some of the, holding it doubled somewhere. Holy smoke, a nine skein sweater. That was like, wow, <laughs> that's very impressive. So those were some of my favorites. Do you have any more? There was one more that I wanted to mention because it's an Andrea Mowry sweater that I was previously not familiar with. It's called Ronin and mm. Night Magi. Night Magi, maybe? Her giant one in Knit the colors. Oh, and it's so pretty. It's a sweater cardigan. I stocked this. That has, did you? Yeah. It's got a huge shawl collar. It's that brioche. Oh, okay. And the collar folds over and it goes all the way down to the bottom of the sweater and leads right into pockets. Mm-hmm. And it's tunic length. And the yarn that she used was so pretty. It's a Noro chunky yarn called Kiso. Bulky. And it's a wool silk alpaca blend. And it just looks so warm and it cozy. It looks beautiful on her. The colors were so pretty. So, yeah. I'd love to know how she managed to make the colors look so perfect because it looks like a color self-striping yarn, but long color repeats. And the way she did it looks perfect. It does. I don't know how she managed to make the color work look so perfect. Yeah. It's just, it's a stunning sweater. I really love it. It really is. I was chatting with Yelena online. She knit a Ronin also, and she knit it in Madeline Tosh Aaron, which I have quite a bit of. I don't have enough to knit a Ronin, Mm -hmm. but my concern was that the Ronin would be too stiff in the Madeline Tosh Aaron because Night Magis look so comfy and not like droopy drapey, but the perfect amount of drapey as Mm -hmm. opposed to, I wouldn't want it to be stiff because that just looks so perfect. Right. It does. And I suspect it's probably because the silk and alpaca content helps the yarn drape. Mm -hmm. But it's beautiful and cozy. Yeah, it's a stunning finished object. That almost was on my list. (laughs) I thought I was going kind of overboard. (laughs) And I wanted to give a little PSA about moths. I recently went into my stash to pull out two skeins of lace weight yarn that were in a plastic linen bag. You know, linens come in these big plastic zip bags. I shoved all of my lace weight into this one zip bag. Like a comforter bag. Exactly. With a zipper. So a plastic bag with a zipper she's talking about. Exactly. Thinking that that would save my yarn from critters. And I've never noticed any critters in my house ever. So I go to pull out these two skeins of Anzula. One of them I had wound into a ball. The other one was just a plain hank. And the ball of yarn had little ends sticking out all over the place. And I thought, oh my gosh, what happened to my yarn? At first I thought maybe it got stuck in the zipper, but no, there were ends sticking out all over the place from the top, from the bottom, from the sides. Something clearly ate my yarn and it was so 
shocking is not a strong enough word to use for the emotion Horrifying. that I felt. <laughs> Horrifying. Panic-inducing. 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 Yeah. All the yarn goes flying as I'm, you know, rummaging through everything, pulling on the yarn skeins, making sure nothing else has holes or damaged ends. And, and looking for some sign yes. to tell you what it was. What kind of critter it could have been. So I still don't exactly know. I thought about going to Jess, who is Delphinium, who is our resident critter expert, but I don't even know what to look at. It just, something ate my yarn and it was there very was scary. one small little fleck in there that could have been a casing. could have been a moth casing. But no overt evidence. So, but I would have thought we would have seen more moth casings mm-hmm. if there were... In fact, yeah, that was my thought too. So panic subsided. And then, I don't know, a week or two later, I decided to wear my laneway sweater, which I haven't worn in a really, really, really long time. And was wearing it and got in the car and looked down at the hem and went, oh my gosh, there was a giant hole chewed in the hem of my sweater. So then I was mad. (laughs) (laughs) Not only had a skein of my yarn been eaten, but oh my gosh, the rotten critters ate one of my sweaters. And that sweater has been in my stash for a really long time. So I don't know how long ago the damage was done. But again, out came all the sweaters and I panicked and looked through everything. It didn't find any other signs of damage, but let off two bug bombs in my closet. Haven't seen any sign of anything since, but... Just keep your eyes open because you never know when it could happen to you. And you always just want to keep your yarn individually packaged in plastic or some kind of bug safe stuff so that if there is an infestation, it doesn't get everywhere in your stash. So that was my moth horror story. And we'll, we'll remind you in the middle of summer when heat is at its best, but one of the very cool natural methods you can do is on a very hot, hot summer day, I'm talking temperatures close to 100, you can take your yarns and rotate them in and out of a hot car that's closed up where I'm talking very hot. So the air temperature is close to 100 and the inside temperature of the car is going to obviously rise over 100 degrees, but you close up your yarns in there and that's a slow bake. <laughs> yeah, it kills them. So if you can leave yarns in a hot car for several days, that's that's a good way, a good thing, a preventative measure that I have done in the past. And Jess recommended that. She recommended that and deep freezing. She said, regular freezers don't get cold enough to kill the critters. But if you have access to a deep freezer, there was a process you could go through that would ensure that they did not survive. So this summer I will be doing my yarn in the hot car, the rotation Mm -hmm. thing, because it needs to happen, but it's winter here now and the car is not going to get hot enough and I don't have a deep freezer. So the bug bombs hopefully did their magic for now. Hopefully, yes. Yeah. And to close, we have one other thing we wanted to briefly talk about. The ongoing discussion of racism and non-inclusion that's happening in the knitting community, we wanted to say a little bit about it because we have a unique perspective. We do. We have a unique perspective because Gail and I look different. Yep. (laughs) And 
we see things differently, we've realized. And even though we've been friends for years, the discussion about racism and inclusion in the knitting community has taught us to listen better, to discuss, to share new stories and new points of view, especially with each other. Because there are a lot of things that we had never discussed with each other before that have came up, which has been fascinating. Very fascinating. Very fascinating. And we've learned that in some of our shared experiences, we both perceived the situation differently and we were received differently. So we hope to continue to learn, to strive for inclusion and to listen to all the voices in our community. There's a lot of resources out there, a lot of things to learn. And Gail has some resources that have been recommended online, and she's made a little list. Yeah, the first one I wanted to recommend is a new blog called The Unfinished Object Blog. And it's by four people who I think basically led the discussion in the early days and are continuing the discussion for which I'm very grateful. Grace Anna is a stitch to wear. Karina is the colored mustard. Ocean is ocean by the sea and Sucrita is Sucrita. And the blog itself is very interesting. And I highly recommend everyone go and read their frequently asked questions post where their answers are very, very educational And some of the resources they pointed out, I'd already found, and I wanted to share them. The first one is Layla Sad's Me and White Supremacy Workbook, which I've mentioned before. The second is Where Change Started. They have the Anti-Racism Starter Kit. So those are two workbook type options that are out there that I've downloaded and am working through. And some other books that I've read and or am wanting to read. I finished Between the World and Me by Ta-Nehisi Coates, which was written in the form of a letter to his son. And it was incredibly moving and educational for me and heartbreaking and all those things. And one I'm reading right now, which was recommended by our friend Heather of Western Sky Knits, is called Just Mercy by Brian Stevenson, who was a lawyer for a nonprofit law office in Alabama fighting for people on death row. And it is an amazing book. I started it two days ago, and I don't have much opportunity to read during the day, but I'm already halfway finished with it. It's so incredibly gripping and well-written. He's writing stories about people he defended Hmm. who were on death row. And so far, I haven't heard a happy ending. But Mm -hmm. it's still just incredibly eye-opening, and it's a phenomenal book. That's Just Mercy by Brian Stevenson. I've also started two other books, White Fragility by Robin DeAngelo, which is about white privileged people and how we, including myself in that group, respond to the subject of racism and why we do that and how we can change to not do that. I'm in the process of reading that one. And then I also started Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee, which is about Native Americans and how they were treated and colonialized during the early days of people moving into what is now the United States. So 
very educational also, and I highly recommend all of them so far. So those are resources that I've been using, and I welcome any other suggestions that anybody who's listening has. And I hope we just keep continuing this discussion because it's incredibly important. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So back to knitting. Happy knitting, everybody. Thank you for listening. And next time we'll have winners for the knit along. Okay. All right. Happy knitting. Bye-bye. Bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniax Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniax.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniax Podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gailey Whaley.